Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in downtown Santa Monica, the heart of Silicon Beach. And uh, we have a great show for you as usual. And as usual, our show notes and um, information on our guests and topics can be found on our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at, at cyberlawradio, and please let us know your comments. We'd love to hear what you think. So today we're going to talk about two important developments in cyber law today. Um, the first involves a very important decision by the Ninth Circuit to reverse an earlier ruling that actually um, required Google to take down a very controversial video. And we're going to have our return guest, Gordon Weirmark, going to talk about um, the significance of that ruling. And then in the second half, we're going to talk about um, there have been a lot of movement by some cities who attempt to regulate um, one of the, the kings of the new sharing economy, Airbnb. And the very first city to do so is right here in Santa Monica. Um, they have recently have passed an ordinance that would more or less cut the number of Airbnb listings available in the city by 80%. And so we're going to um, discuss that with um, one of the city commissioners, um, Phil Brock, and he's going to talk about um, how Santa Monica came to that decision and, and what what it means for the city and for Airbnb. Interesting um, topic, so I hope you'll stay with us for the hour. Uh, but first, let's return to our good friend Gordon Farmark. And Gordon, um, he, as you may recall, he's uh, an attorney um, who focuses on entertainment law. He actually has a background. I was looking at your bio, Gordon. Oh. Um, you actually studied radio in college. I um, did. So what? And he has that perfect radio voice. But um, any event, Gordon has a his law practice that focuses on theater, film, television, and new media. And he's the producer and host of the Entertainment Law Update podcast. And he has some other ventures he'll be telling us about at the later in this um, half hour. And um, welcome to the show, Gordon. Well, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it, Gordon. You're you're almost in a privileged position. You know, it, I'm I'm kind of uh, reminded of that scene in Billy Madison, who is mo- proctoring this contest that Billy Madison is in. Um, more or less lectures him and says how we are all worse off. We are all more ignorant, and we can't get those two minutes of our lives back because it was so awful. And I, I, that is basically um, the best way to describe this um, trailer that was released for the movie Innocence of Muslims. Yeah. It is a, a, 
and it was a trailer for a movie that never was released, at least to my knowledge. But the trailer alone caused an international outcry across the you know the, the Islamic community, and was banned in several countries. Mm-hmm. May or may not have contributed to the events at Benghazi, and then um, be- led to fatwas and even death threats for those involved, including one actress. And do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, my understanding was that it was actually the film was actually published or, or distributed on YouTube briefly before, well, not that briefly, but uh, Cindy Lee Garcia is the actress who yes. played a role in this film. She had a relatively small part, as my understanding, you know, a total of maybe five or six minutes of screen time is uh, what I've read. I haven't seen the film or the trailer because I've sort of chosen not to right. and as the I, content I, and subject matter. And I have, so I can attest to you, your life is <laughs> richer because of that. Well, I don't know what I did with those few minutes <laughs> myself, but anyway. Uh, so Cindy Lee Garcia was this actress who who was hired to to portray a role in the film. Uh, at the time, the film was was being market, or she was told it was a different title and a different kind of a film. It was uh, intended. To, uh, she was told to be a, a, a Middle Eastern adventure. desert yeah. adventure. Yeah, kind of a thing. You know, sort of a Lawrence of Arabia kind of a vibe rather than. Uh, um, uh, you know, or whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, when the film was made, the filmmakers uh, basically turned it from that desert adventure that it, that it was promoted to the actors into a, I guess, an anti-Islam. I mean, yeah, I mean, it one, it's like a bad seventies Japanese horror, you know, um, monster movie. Yeah. That type of production value. Mm -hmm. And and it's just, um, you know, trying to depict, um, Muhammad as being this, you know, um, lecherous, murderous villain. So Ms. Garcia's performance was altered. Her uh, her voice was, I guess, overdubbed at some point in the process, and uh, the film, you know, just didn't resemble what she thought she was appearing in. Interestingly, she had not ever signed a typical actor's contract that has the release language and and uh, you know grants transfer of ownership and of the results and proceeds and all of those sort of normal things that we expect to see in a film actor's contract. Mm-hmm. So. Um, when she started hearing about what this film had turned into, and I guess she got some of the death threats, she uh, filed a, a DMCA takedown notice with with Google, with the, owners, the owners of YouTube. After a short while, well, YouTube denied it and refused, so she ended up suing. And uh, the district court said, uh, no dice. <laughs> you don't own a copyright. And uh, And so then it goes to the Ninth Circuit, and we're all expecting... The same result. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was it, it it attracted some interest from you know. First of all, Google, of course, had a lot to say about the the takedown applicability in this situation, but it also attracted an interest from organizations like the Electronic Frontier Foundation, uh, the ACLU, New Media Rights, some other organizations like that, and and uh, you know, everybody sort of briefed the Ninth Circuit and and the three-judge panel led by Judge Alex Kaczynski surprised us all with a ruling in her favor saying that, yes, she actually owns a copyrightable interest in her performance in the film. And uh, as, a, as a consequence of that, they ordered that Google take down the film off of their YouTube service. Well, even, you know, to be more explicit, yeah. they embargoed the decision so that um, to give Google notice to take it down so that it would be down by the time the decision was out. Yep. I mean, it, it really is you know, a classic prior restraint of speech, mm-hmm. which is something that you know, something rarely done um, under the First Amendment. Sure. And um, so, you know, definitely an unprecedented, a rare occurrence in, in modern case law. And and it's you know it's rare for a reason. We value free speech, freedom of publication and press, you know, in a big way in America. And um, you know, here we have a court basically saying you can't show your film, you can't get your message out, whether we like your message or not. We shouldn't be. I, I don't think courts should be making those kinds of value judgments. And here we have a court allowing an actress who was unhappy with what became of her performance to make those kinds of value decisions about whether the film should be distributed. And, and 
you do a lot of work in entertainment. Yes. And, you know, a motion picture is, you know, from an intellectual property point of view, a very complex enterprise. Sure. Because of the composite, it is a composite of a, of a large sum of intellectual property from various people, from the writers, from yeah. the actors, from the set designers to the costume designers. I mean, there are so many artists, you know, who can generally be called artists, yeah. um, involved in this enterprise that you know creates a motion picture. Be workable where um, the set designer and the actress and all claim a copyright in a movie. Well, interestingly, you or know, could that just be cured by everyone signing releases? Well, and 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 in fact, that's the, that's the way it works. The, you know. I, in in the filmmaking business, there it's rare for anybody short of the screenwriter who may have created a script before the, the producers bought it. Mm-hmm. So there's a copyright there. That copyright gets transferred to the producing company, but then the producing company hires everybody else who's going to be working on the film. Many of them as employees, but also some of them as independent contractors. And yes, all of those people, the designers, the 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 director, you know, the people do have copyrightable interests in the stuff that they create and so we use contracts that are you know the belt and suspenders approach of you know it's a work made for hire we own what you create because you're working for us if anything goes wrong with that we also you're transferring anything you own to us and uh, you know that's that's sort of the way it's done um interestingly it's you the actors are the last people we've thought of historically of having that copyrightable interest because they're they're giving a you know uh, a performance in real time that's being recorded fixed by someone else and so um when when the ninth circuit panel came to the conclusion that there's both originality and fixation by uh Ms Garcia that really was the the shockwave that sent ripples you know uh, she didn't press record on the camera or or start the filming process or any of that and uh the court seemed to overlook that or or take a dim view of the notion that only the person who records the the image would own the copyright so and let me give you a sample of some of the reaction to the yeah. to this decision which you know as vehement as the um reaction to the film was mm-hmm. you know, the, the opinion <laughs> almost got panned as badly um <laughs> So from the normally quite erudite and uh, well-spoken Eric Goldman, this quote, um, this opinion sucks rotten eggs. <laughs> it is so terrible that there's simply no point in trying to make sense of it. Yeah. Um, Corey McSherry from the Electronic Frontier Foundation, we're hard-pressed to think of a better example of copyright maximalism trumpeting, trumping free speech. Mike Masnick from Tector. Almost yeah. everything about Kaczynski's ruling here is troubling. Um, the copyright interpretation just seems very far out of bounds with just about everything having to do with copyright law. I mean, so it seemed like you know, this judge just went off the reservation, but you know, he was the majority. So well, it wasn't yeah. just him. So there were two votes at least for that. And Judge Kaczynski is a very well-respected scholar in the field of copyright. I mean, you know, I mean, he he does a lot of it's the Ninth Circuit, so there are a lot of copyright decisions being made here. Generally, he's gotten it, you know, right. I mean, he tends to be on the edges, pushing boundaries a little bit here and there, and he's he's been responsible for some other sort of controversial approaches to you know fair use determinations and and things like that. But this really was a major change, major shift in, in the thinking about this stuff. And, you know, the, the good thing that came about, at least for me, when we were reporting on this, we were saying, we think it's a wrong decision. It's terrible, but we've got to live with it. So what can we tell filmmakers and, and others uh, to do in order to deal with this? And the answer is get your contract signed and get those releases in there or don't film the thing with, you know, the person there should, there's no reason an actor should be in a film without having a signed contract that, that, transfers ownership of anything they do create and 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 i suspect i don't have any empirical data on this but i suspect there was um a huge decline or in fact you know zero zeroing out of funding for films that were historical arabian desert adventure films (laughs) (laughs) you know that, that once robust genre um so any of it so the ninth circuit so the way things work is if the Ninth Circuit – how many judges are in the Ninth Circuit? Do you recall? Oh, I don't. I think it's in the in the 27 range or something like that. Um, and, and so um, 
this decision was heard by three of those judges. Yes. And so the procedure, you can petition for cert to the Supreme Court, or you can ask the, the entire Ninth Circuit to review this, what is called en banc. And so thank God for Google. You know, I mean, thank God we're dealing with a defendant in the case with with both the resources and the will to rather than just rolling over and saying, okay, well, we've got a decision. We we have to take it down. There we go. That's the end of the situation. Google sees the bigger picture in this and files a petition for an on bank rehearing of the case. And so this week we got the decision. <laughs> and it it was not exactly a subtle decision. <laughs> they stopped short of saying this decision sucks eggs. <laughs> right. It, 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 it had it was a little more demure than than Eric, but not much. Um, here, right. I'll, I'll give you the. the we're going to take a short break in a minute, but I want to just tease you with the um, the opening of the um, the decision, and it says, in this case, a heart fate plea for personal protection is juxtaposed with the limits of copyright law and fundamental principles of free speech. The appeal teaches us a simple lesson. A weak copyright claim cannot justify censorship in the guise of authorship. Um, so we're going to ask you your thoughts on that when we come back after these messages. You're listening to the Cyberlaw Business Report only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click and it's live in real time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. We're talking to Gordon Firemark about the Ninth Circuit's en banc decision in the innocence of Muslims. And um, Gordon's going to tell us why this decision did not um, suck eggs. But um, before I go back to Gordon, I just want to give a shout out. Several of our prior guests actually were involved in the um, briefing um, that led to the reversal. And I should mention that includes Eric Goldman, um, Corrine McSherry, Art Neal from New Media Rights, and um, um, Alan Levy from Public Citizen. Also give a shout out to Venkat since he will be on the show eventually. But um, congratulations on their work. So Gordon, what do you think? Well, you know, look, the, the, the Ninth Circuit, the on-bank ruling gets it right. They took a, a hard look at all of the things that all of the commentators have been saying now in the months since, since the previous opinion came down. And, and I think they, you know, they sort of, they analyzed the situation. Uh, they looked at the question of originality of, uh, of Garcia's performance and, and, you know, I think they sort of acknowledge that it's possible that an actor brings something original to the equation. But the fixation issue, 
you know, which is a statutory requirement. A work has to be fixed in a tangible medium of expression. And it has to be done by the author or under the authority of the author. And so the earlier opinion had said is that by her agreeing to be in the film, she was giving authority for the fixation. But the the, the on-bank ruling says no and, and looks to the Supreme Court language that says the author is the party that actually creates the work. That is the person who translates an idea into a fixed, tangible expression entitled to copyright protection. And that goes back, you know, 30 years now in, in uh, copyright jurisprudence. And here they say, look, you know, Yusuf and his crew, the director and his crew are the ones that fixed the performance. And that wasn't Garcia's doing, and therefore she doesn't have the statutory requirement satisfied. Um, and then they, they even address the possibility that, you know, even if she did have uh, some copyrightable interest, that her, it was a contribution to a joint work. She knew it was going into something larger. Right. And as we know, joint authors have non-exclusive rights to uh, to uh, license and, and exploit the copyright. So once again, she didn't have an exclusive right protected in a way that the DMCA takedown would have been the appropriate uh, resolution. And there's also seemed to be an, another a big theme going through the opinion. And, and maybe you mentioned, because Kaczynski is, is well-regarded in copyright, that maybe he focused too much on the copyright side and not the First Amendment side, because the court yeah. keeps coming back to this. And there's a conclusion at the end where it says the takedown was order was unwarranted and correct as a matter of law. It also gives short shrift to the First Amendment values at stake. Mm-hmm. The mandatory injunction censored and suppressed a politically significant film based upon a dubious and unprecedented theory of copyright. And so doing, the panel deprived the public of the ability to view firsthand, well, that was probably a good thing, yeah. <laughs> and judge for themselves, a film at the center of an international uproar. Um, so it, it seems that that seems to be the aspect missing from the, the other, the lower court, the, the initial yeah. circuit decision. Yeah, yeah. sort of, sort of this, the idea that copyright isn't intended to stop speech we don't like and or that, or that you know, carries death threats in response. You know, that's sort of the whole point of fostering free speech by allowing copyright in the first place. You know, the, the notion being we give people the right to own what they create so that they can monetize it, so that they're in, they're, they have an incentive to create new stuff. And by squashing it in this way, we're undoing that that uh, philosophy, that mechanism. Uh, the court also took an interesting look at, you know, the, the fun quote was just, if we treat every performance in a film as a separate independent work, it would be a logistical and financial ni- uh, nightmare and turn casts of thousands into a new me- a new thing, uh, copyright of thousands. You know, so this, they're, they're also just addressing the practicalities. Of sure. This, so, um, uh, Is this a significant decision, meaning um, – let me rephrase it this way. Is this just writing um, a, a wrong and in three years from now this decision won't really be looked at for much? Or is this really a decision that people are going to turn to and, as a major kind of overarching principle in this space? Boy, I wish I could tell you the answer to that um, definitively. I mean, I think I think it's major in the sense that it is telling us now that at least under this ruling – Actors shouldn't expect that they own a copyright in what they what they do when they perform, and and we're not going to uh, treat them as you know as owners of the material when they're when they're employed to be in a film. But beyond that, I don't know. I think it you know nobody would have blinked twice if the the earlier Ninth Circuit ruling had supported the district court's decision. That's that's what I'm getting at. It yeah. seems like everyone this was. Um you know, the assembly line was in place. This was supposed to yield a certain result. And somehow, yeah. um, you know, the machines went haywire and the initial decision came out. And is this just really correcting what and what should have happened? And so in that regard, maybe it won't be looked to as having much presidential value just because of the uniqueness and peculiarity of this case. I, I think that's probably true. I mean, there may be some interesting dicta in the case that will get quoted and used in other other copyright, you know, analyses and things like that. But ultimately, I think the reason that we're talking about this case at all, the newsworthiness of it, is more the procedural posture that it comes from. That this on bank ruling, uh, rehearing of a of a of a standing case decision, is pretty unusual. And so here we are. 
And he, I mean, I've never, I've never argued a non-bank argument. I imagine that must be quite interesting. I imagine I, I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, tell, speaking of what you've done, you you have you brought to some new things lately. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, you know, in addition to my law practice, I have a little side thing going where I. Um, uh, I, I started an, another podcast where I interview lawyers that have podcasts and shows like this one, and it's called the Law Podcasting Podcast over at lawpodcaster.com. And um, that is actually in support of a program that I've developed that teaches lawyers how to use podcasting as a way to promote and market our businesses and foster that uh, uh, know, like, and trust thing that's so important for us in, in finding new clients and getting good referrals. And and uh, so lawpodcasting.com, I've actually got a, a video series right now that talks about some legal marketing strategies and things like that. So for the lawyers out in the, in the audience, if you're interested in uh, maybe getting into media a little bit, uh, head over to lawpodcasting.com. And that's been going about six months now, right? Well, the the course is just launched actually this week, but uh, the video series is is uh, up and running, and and, the, and yeah, the podcast is. Uh, we're now into episode twenty. I want to say twenty three, twenty four. Recording number twenty four uh, tomorrow. Actually, have you have you had any notable guests? Like yourself, yes. You were one of my early guests, Bennett, and, and uh, had a lot of great insights. Uh, I wish I'd thought to look up which episode number is you. It, it was early, but that's that's quite all right. Yeah. So um, if people want to contact you or learn more about you, where should they go? Well, the best, best resource is just my website at firemark.com. You can use the contact form there or email me, gfiremark at firemark.com. And on most social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, you'll find me as gfiremark. And on Google Plus, it's my full name. <laughs> great. Well, I want to thank you. It's been a great pleasure having you on for this, and um, and for discussing an opinion that apparently sucked eggs. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. It's been fun. All right. Well, um, everyone, Gordon, he's uh, a great podcaster, so definitely check him out. And um, guy knows his copyright stuff. He's been working in the entertainment for a long time. So um, it's a pleasure to have you, Gordon. Thanks. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Phil Brock about the controversial Santa Monica ordinance that will more or less reduce 80% of current Airbnb listings in the city after these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. If you are a digital marketer, you don't want to miss this. You can join millions of digital marketers now having free access to the Click It Summit, the worldwide professional digital marketing online summit. Their four-day search marketing summit is coming up on May 25th through the 28th. Register for free at clickitsummit.com forward slash search marketing. No matter where you are located, you can participate from the comfort of your own computer. Again, register for free at clickitsummit.com forward slash search marketing. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. 
So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. The Web Marketing Association presents Great Moments in Website History. 1994, Trey G browses with a high-speed 56K modem. 1997, Donnie W. discovers scrolling. 2006, Smudges the Cat becomes an animated GIF. What is your great moment in website history? The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. The call for entries has begun, and the deadline to enter is May 29th, 2015. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. Five banks have been fined almost $6 billion after pleading guilty to manipulation of foreign currency markets. Traders in the US and UK banks formed an exclusive group to benefit from the altered rates. Nick Harper reports from our Wall Street Bureau. $5.8 billion was the total figure that these five banks were fined. American institutions Citicor and J.P. Morgan Chase along with UK establishments Barclays and RBS, jointly pleaded guilty to manipulation of the currency markets. Traders who called themselves the cartel used exclusive online chat rooms and coded language to plan the manipulation of the price of the US dollar and the euro. Swiss bank UBS was also included to the fines, pleading guilty to interest rate manipulation. It now brings the total amount for fines and penalties paid by these five banks for currency-related investigations. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back, and this is Bennett Kelly with our second half of Cyber Law and Business Report. And you can get more information on this segment. Listen to our at our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com, and you can get information on my firm at internetlawcenter.net. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Airbnb, it is one of the darlings of the sharing economy, um, and it has a it has grown to a valuation of approximately twenty billion with um, 800,000 listings in 33,000 cities and 192 countries. 
Um, that's a lot of beds. Um, so, but the the image of Airbnb is as this individual home um, homeowner you know, renting out a space or a room, um, but that may not actually be the reality. And the city of Santa Monica actually was addressing um, the reality of that um, impact of Airbnb on a community um, with its recent ordinance. And uh, with me to talk about that is Phil Brock. He is a Santa Monica native and um, vice president of the um, vice chair of the commission of the Parks and Recreation Commission. Um, did I say that right, Phil? No, but that's okay. Uh, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the chair of the Recreation and Parks Commission and also on the Civic Auditorium Working Group in Santa Monica. And Phil has been active in city affairs for many years. And as I mentioned, he is a, a native Santa Monican. And so on May 12th, the city passed a resolution, uh, an ordinance that would more or less restrict about 80% of current listings for Airbnb properties in the city of Santa Monica. And why don't you tell us a little bit about what was behind that? Well, we have, uh, we're presently have about 1,700 uh, apartment units and houses that were registered with Airbnb or an equivalent in Santa Monica. We are an eight square mile city of limited rental and housing stock. And the more of this stock that was taken away from rentals and from housing to go to temporary rentals and housing uh, creates an issue in a rent-controlled city where we are desperate to increase our housing stock. And there was a recent study done by the city of L.A. that found that um, despite the image of the person renting out their back bedroom, that um, a large number of the units, in fact, nearly 90%, um, are generated by people leasing out their entire unit or or companies renting out two or more units. And and that's something that we found in Santa Monica. On the block I live on, I know several neighbors who now have houses in Los Angeles and still have their rent-controlled apartments in Santa Monica and have been renting them out has Airbnb stock, uh, that is something that really destroys the image of a neighborhood and destroys our ability to house the people who want to be housed in our city. So in in terms of the other impact that the study suggested was that if you look at the increase in rental rental rates, that uh, rents were going up much faster in areas that high that had high BNB, Airbnb listings, and that in essence, yeah. landlords were trying to decide: um, well, do I rent it to rent it out, or do I um, put it on Airbnb? And that somehow this could be possibly driving up rental prices. Well, and and frankly, if you were a landlord and had a choice to put an older apartment back into rent control, or rent out the apartment for in one week what you would make in a month in Santa Monica, you would choose Airbnb or the equivalent. The problem with that is it stops rental stock. It it effectively ellises a building from being part of our rental stock in the city. That's dangerous for Santa Monica. It's because of this, there's so few. And, um, and, and imagine there's also a revenue impact because – isn't that taking away from potential hotel listings? Well, you know, it's interesting in Santa Monica. In some cities, I think that would be true. In Santa Monica, our hotel occupancy rates are between 87 and 91% now. So in actuality, our hotels are virtually full every day. So it wasn't really taking away hotel stock. However, eventually it might and, and has more Airbnb Come on, it would hurt not only the hotels, but the hotel workers and the people who depend on tourism in that way for their living. So what, what was the argument being made against um, this ordinance? Uh, the, uh, the, in, in its simplicity, uh, you have an apartment renter or owner says, hey, I've rented this. This is my property. It's mine to do what I want with. And, of course, the, the fallacy of that argument is how does it affect a city? How does it affect a neighborhood? It's not only 
ever just about you. It's also about the others in your neighborhood. Now, wasn't there complaints and of some neighbors saying that you know certain listings that had high, you know high Airbnb usage often had you know noise complaints or littering complaints? You know, was that a much of a driving force? Well, I think I think it has been in the Ocean Park neighborhood, and I think it has been in neighborhoods around the nation. You when you go on vacation, you typically throw most of your personal roles to the wind. So you will be noisier. You will do things that you wouldn't necessarily do in your own neighborhood. And that happens with Airbnb. That also happens with a hotel that opened in one of our neighborhoods in Santa Monica, the Pally House, where a neighbor has been uh, videotaping public displays of sex in the window because people are on vacation. They feel they don't have the same rules. Translate that to someone's neighborhood and you end up with the same problem. Understood. Now, um, the one question that comes up is that it allows people to do it as long as they're um, they have to occupy the housing thing. So they have to be there when it's when you're listing it, and then they have to register for a city license. Um, they have to take responsibility for any nuisance complaints, comply with applicable laws, etc. Is there any thought to maybe carve out um, a de minimis exception for people to just do it occasionally to, for extra income? How do you define what someone's doing occasionally? Because each person will have a different feeling about that. So I think that becomes an issue. And look, at I'm someone who doesn't want more government interference in our city. I'm concerned about you know the the transit occupancy tax for this. I'm concerned about the extra code enforcers we have to hire. On the other hand, I don't really see an alternative. And this now says that look at if you want to rent a room in your house and you're going to be there, that's still okay. But to rent an entire unit for less than 30 days, you have to um, obtain a business license. You have to pay the 14% hotel tax. That's necessary in this instance. And you know, I guess the, the question would be if it's, if it's only occasional, you know, again, how do you define occasional? But what about the, the, the cost of enforcement? There have been some articles about you know, they're going to hire several full-time people to enforce that. Will, will, the, will the net yield in terms of taxes or you know, greater good be worth that investment? Well, we will lose money on the code enforcers that are going to be hired for this. It will cost us more than the TOT tax or any business license taxes mm-hmm. taxes would generate. However, in this case, you just mentioned a key word there, greater good. And the greater good, unfortunately, requires that we investigate and that we regulate this enterprise. The sharing, look at the sharing economy won't go away, but we also need to shape the sharing economy so it works for Santa Monica. And are there what other measures are being used to to address you know the the, the housing supply? Are, you know, given you have limited space, you know, is there much you can do in terms of further development? Well, it's, we have limited space. We're already the sixth most densely populated city in California. That's at night. In the daytime, we. Uh, average between number two and number three in the state. I certainly don't want to be number one in this instance. So we will always have a limited housing supply in Santa Monica. And, you know, there is the the argument uh, that says, man, we just need to build housing for all the people that work here and all the people that want to live in Santa Monica. You know, I've said we could stick a, a chain link fence around our city and say we'll open it a month from now, June 20th. The first 100,000 people that get in will build housing for, and you'd have three or four million on the borders trying to get in. We can't house everyone, and we have to keep Santa Monica different from our neighbor, different from Los Angeles. We are a beach town with the major river that runs through it, the Santa Monica Freeway. Um, We can't build for everyone, and the beauty of Santa Monica has been a low-rise comfortable city. And and I have to add one thing. Um, You know, we are attempting to 
take a district in Santa Monica right now, San Vicente Boulevard between Ocean and 7th Street, and create a historical district because there are 28 historic garden uh, apartment houses on that street that are emblematic of what we all consider to be a Southern California lifestyle. Now, um, Phil, the one unfortunate thing about this interview is it's on radio. And in trying to, in you being having the benefit of being a Santa Monica native, um, most people listening aren't from Santa Monica. What would you tell them? What, what, what makes Santa Monica special? The lifestyle, the um, concernery, the fact that we are and have always been a low-rise, comfortable city that values walking, that values um, bicycling, that values the sunlight, that values light, air, trees, and obviously the fact that we're right next to the Pacific Ocean. And not in, inconsequential fact. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and that's something, listen, that's something we love. You know, uh, yes. at the same time, we have the Pacific Ocean and we have our beach. But in our city, we have a shortage of park space, a shortage of green space. We are a very compacted city, even as a low-rise city, we're compact. So, you know, the, the thought was over the last couple of years, we should go to apartments that are four, five, six stories. And the problem is then we become really a part of our behemoth neighbor to the east, north and south of us, Los Angeles. And I think we really want to carve and continue to have our own unique authentic identity. Um, Phil, we only have a few minutes left. Is there any indication of whether there's going to be a legal challenge from Airbnb? Uh, I don't know if there will be. I pres- Look at I presume there may be. I mean, for Airbnb, Santa Monica's ruling will affect it in other cities, New York, San Francisco. Other cities are looking at the Airbnb um, bookings as well and feeling, wow, not only are we losing money, but on top of that, we will destroy neighborhoods in our cities. So Airbnb is, is a, a lifestyle you know, of rentals that has promise, but they're going to have to find a niche that doesn't disrupt city life. And one of the cities looking at it is Airbnb's home city of San Francisco. Now, um, Phil, if people want to learn more about you, where, where should they go? Um, oh, anywhere in Santa Monica, <laughs> my, e- my email, my email is commissionerbrock at gmail.com. Uh, I'm a member of the smart group and you can always look at Santa Monica architects for responsible tomorrow on their website. You can link to me there. Uh, I'm a recreation and parks commissioner. You can link to me there as well. Um, Phil, thanks a lot. It's, a, it's always a pleasure. And I want to thank you again. Um, very interesting discussion and an important issue um, for a city that's trying to preserve its identity. And so thanks for joining us. And that's been a great pleasure. Um, in the few minutes we have left, just a couple of announcements of um, future um, events. And we've um, one person we've had on this show a lot has, um, has been um, – our good friend Stan and um, the head of the ISSA LA. And um, he has going to be having um, the ISSA LA annual um, cybersecurity summit. And um, we are going to be um, speaking. We will be at that. I won't, I'm not actually speaking, but I will be attending that with Stan. And um, it's an important event. Um, that'll be on June 4th. I believe, and let me just pull up the date. And then on June 8th, I will be speaking at Stanford's um, annual e-commerce, um, best practices e-commerce um, conference. And um, I will be speaking on reputation um, issues, the whole issues of the Yelp economy. And we'll be talking about um, some of the recent cases on Yelp um, with a panel that actually includes a lawyer from Yelp. So it should be very interesting. Um, so yes, the... Um, the ISSALA um, Security Summit is June 4th and June 5th at the LA Convention Center. There's a link on our blog to register. Um, some excellent speakers. And it's a very vital issue, so I encourage you to check it out. And June 8th, I will be at Stanford. Um, a couple of last-minute shout-outs today is that there's a typo. Um, unfortunately, I put 79 and 80. It's actually 69 and 70. 
Um, Shear is 69 today, and Pete Townsend is was 70 yesterday. Um, two kind of icons of of rock and roll in the 70s and 80s, and uh, wish them both a happy birthday. Um, and also want to welcome the President of the United States, POTUS, joined Twitter um, this week. And I invite you to check out a very amusing exchange he had um, with um, former President Clinton that's on the blog. Um, and unfortunately, though, there was also the usual racist response to anything Obama does. So um, that's all we have for today. I want to thank everyone for joining us. I want to thank our guests for coming together on very short notice. Um, I was supposed to be in trial today, so it's great to have them and talk about these important issues. And so join us next week. I will be here at Cyberlaw and Business Report. Court is adjourned. Check out our blog um, at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com and tweet us at cyberlawradio. Let us know what you think. And um, that's all we have. Have a great week. Check us, download our mobile, out, mobile app and listen to us wherever you go. And check us out and all the various podcast channels or right here on webmasterradio.fm. That's where I'll be this time next week. See you then. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, so social the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your facebook contest and sweepstakes create a fun easy to win contest by writing a simple facebook post watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction track your traffic and generate email lists with ease so social is mobile friendly and complies with facebook terms of service let so social give your facebook page some flash today zoom over to zosocial.com Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute... This is the USA Radio Business Report. I'm Russ Jones. Walmart Stores says its plan to hire 100,000 military veterans has been so successful that it intends to hire even more. The retail chain says it wants to hire 250,000 honorably discharged veterans by 2020. On Memorial Day two years ago, the company launched its Veterans Welcome Home Commitment Program with the intent to hire 100,000 by 2018. It has already hired 92,000. Oregon is about to embark on a first-in-the-nation program that aims to charge car owners not for the fuel they use, but for the miles they drive. The program will test whether the state can raise more revenue to pay for road and bridge projects at a time when gasoline tax revenues are declining because of greater fuel efficiency and the increasing popularity of green vehicles. For more news, go to usaheadlinenews.com. 
For the first time, America's behavior expert Scott Farrell is offering you the Marriage Matrix. The system used for years to help save marriages is now available to you. The Marriage Matrix can save you expense, personal embarrassment, and maybe even save your marriage. I'm America's behavior expert Scott Farrell. If you really want a shot at saving your marriage, get the Marriage Matrix today and together, let's do this. Call now, 844-HELP-US-ZERO. That's 844-HELP-US-ZERO. Or visit ismymarriageworthit.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Destination for education and entertainment. This news update on WebmasterRadio.fm is brought to you by the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app. Listen to our 24-hour live stream from anywhere or download any WebmasterRadio.fm program on demand anytime. Download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app inside the iTunes App Store or through Google Play. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. USA Headline News. I'm Kelly Sloan. Members of Congress are calling on the president to come up with a new set of war powers to fight ISIS. House Speaker John Boehner accused the president of having no strategy and lamented the group's weekend takeover of Ramadi. It's 70 miles from Baghdad. It's time for the president to get serious about this threat uh, to uh Americans and our allies. To fight ISIS, Obama is relying on congressional authorizations given to President George W. Bush after 9-11. He's asking for less authority to defeat ISIS uh, and not more. I've never heard of a president of the United States coming to Congress asking for less authority to win a war. That was Texas Congressman Mike McCall in a Fox News interview. Iran's Supreme Leader says he will not allow inspection of Iran's military sites under any nuclear agreement with world powers. The deal would lift sanctions on the country in exchange for a promise by them to curb their nuclear program. This is USA Headline News. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. Five banks have been fined almost $6 billion after pleading guilty to manipulation of foreign currency markets. Indonesia and Malaysia have agreed to give temporary shelter to thousands of migrants from Bangladesh and Myanmar who have been stranded at sea. And Islamic State militants have reportedly seized a third of the Syrian town next to Palmyra, which is one of the Middle East's greatest archaeological sites. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Podcasting to millions from webmasterradio.fm's world headquarters. From the Tropic of Technology. A service of new gen broadcasting. Downloading SEO 101. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, 
and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101. If you are a digital marketer, you don't want to miss this. You can join millions of digital marketers now having free access to the Click It Summit, the worldwide professional digital marketing online summit. Their four-day search marketing summit is coming up on May 25th through the 28th. Register for free at clickitsummit.com forward slash search marketing. No matter where you are located, you can participate from the comfort of your own computer. Again, register for free at clickitsummit.com forward slash search marketing. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't re- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.